let me get it uh, over here. Okay, I was in the wrong spot. Second Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. Let's read that all together. Ready? Read. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that... Why? Might become what? So Jesus Christ was what? He became what? Why? So you can become what? Rich. Let's look at that same verse from the Living Bible. From the Living Bible. From the Living Bible. All right? You got it? The Living Bible. Ready? Read. You know how full of love and kindness our Lord Jesus was. Though he was so very rich, yet to help you, he became so very poor, so that by being poor, he could make you rich. He did this to help you. So we're talking again on today on this subject, let Jesus help you. Tell your neighbor, let Jesus help you. Tell him, you don't have to do this all by yourself. Let Jesus help you. Father, thank you for the word we're about to receive. I pray that, God, your people have hearing ears, seeing eyes, receiving hearts for the word. I pray that, God, every heart is, is good ground for this word. I pray for that person, Lord, who's right now on the midst, Lord, on, on, on the brink of financial disaster. It's that person who's never known what it's like to have money, never known what it's like to be comfortable, that they feel that, like, Lord, they're, they're the most, the farthest away from ever having any, any uh, sort of financial peace in their lives. I pray, I pray for that one God who's doing real good and thinks that they've arrived and yet don't know that, God, there's so much more you want to do for us because there's so much more you want to do through us. I pray that every person today attends to this word. Give me divine utterance. Speak things through me I have not thought. Give me divine unction. Let me flow in a way I have not seen. And I ask you that, God, your anointing rests upon me and upon every person here and online. Now and in the future, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, take your seats. Last Sunday, I began talking about from Revelation chapter 12, verse 9, how the Bible identified Satan, uh, the dragon, the serpent of old, Satan, uh, the devil. The Bible called him a, de a deceiver. The Bible says in Revelation 12, 9, that he deceives how much of the world? He deceives the whole world. And I talked about that. We can see that all around us. Can we, can we see that? That's why people are uh, involved and advocating for uh, demonic agendas because they're, they're deceived. They think they're, they, 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 they are sincere about, about their stances. Am I right about it? People who, are, who advocate for demonic agendas, they're sincere about it because they don't know it's a demonic agenda. And so you applaud them for, the, for, their, sincere, for their sincerity, for their advocacy, for their, for their, their earnest efforts that they make in, in, in working. The problem is they are deceived. Hallelujah. And I told our men yesterday that we need to get as aggressive about the truth as they are about lies. I told them we can't sit back while the, while the enemy is trying to indoctrinate our children. I mean, they're, they're, they're putting out videos about how they're here and they're queer and they're coming for our children. And I'm telling you, like I, like I heard another man of God I, I love uh, say last week, you can come, but I got something for you when you show up. Come on, come on, come on, come on through. Come for my children. I got you. Going, you going, you going to get something when you, when you, Pastor. You can't say that. You better believe. I'm gonna let you know that you come for my children. You're gonna run into some lead, hot lead. Hallelujah. And uh, but they're deceiving the world. They're deceiving the world. Well, we know the truth. But my my issue that we brought up last week was that in the body of Christ. So many people in the body of Christ have been tricked out of, uh, by the same devil, tricked out of abundant living. Can you say amen? amen? And I told you Satan has made controversial what the Bible makes so very clear. The devil has turned prosperity and wealth into a controversial subject when God's word makes it very clear to us that God wants us to prosper. Hallelujah. Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. 3 John chapter 1 and verse 2. Psalm 35 verse 27 that tells us we ought to rejoice and be glad 
This is those who favor my righteous cause. Let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. So God wants you to prosper. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, God wants you to prosper. In fact, I want to make this very clear. God wants you to be rich. He wants you to be rich. Now, prosperity does not, does not mean only wealth. I want my marriage prosperous. I wish I had a few more married folks say something. I want my family prosperous. I want to be prosperous in my health. Yes, I do want a good night's sleep. Yes, I do want a prosperous journey when I'm traveling to and from work or to and from school. Or I do want to be prosperous in every area of my life. But in my prosperity, I don't want to exclude and leave out the finances because my good night's sleep will not pay the bills. I'm going to come back on this side. <laughs> my, my, all the love, my wife and I love each other. I love my wife. We've been married 23 years. I love me some Kim. And 23 years of marriage, lovey, dovey, 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 does not help us with groceries to feed our children. You can have all the love you want, but you're going to need some money in your pocket. I, 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 get, I get my bills online, and the other day Duke sent a bill, and it was offensive. It was, a, it was, I said, Duke. Chris, I ain't gonna lie. Dude, what you doing? And I find out Duke said you don't have no choice. Pay me or no lights. So I gotta go ahead and pay him. And all the love that my wife and I have, and all my tongue talking, and all my prayer and fasting does not pay Duke. I've got to have. How many college kids I have in here? Y'all love Jesus? That does not pay your tuition. You've got, you, you, can you imagine going to the mission's office, mission's office, yes, I'm here, I'm a freshman, I'm going to be a freshman this year uh, here at uh, University of Toledo, and uh, I love Jesus. I, I, this summer, I got saved, and I got baptized, oh, I got baptized, oh, I got baptized of the Holy Ghost with speaking in tongues, and they're going to look at you like, They don't call somebody to come get you because they're going to still need their money. So prosperity includes everything, but it does not exclude money. Can you say amen? And I begin to walk with you. I, didn't, I don't tend to go through all of these, but last week I showed you how in, in the word of God, you search through the word of God, every single person that you saw in the word of God who gave their lives to God followed him, obeyed his voice, they had a supernatural financial turnaround in their lives. God turned their lives around, financial lives around dramatically. Remember I told, told you about how God blessed Abraham and God blessed Isaac and God blessed Jacob. Now remember that. Genesis 13 too, the Bible says that Abraham, Abram was very rich. Very rich. Genesis 13 too, very rich in livestock and silver. And in gold, Genesis 26, 13, in the easy to read version, you just follow along with me. It said, Isaac, who was Abraham's son, became rich. He gathered more and more what? Y'all, are y'all awake? He gathered more and more wealth. Now, I don't know if you know, but this is during a famine. How do you gather more and more wealth during a famine, during a depression? Unless God is with you and the blessing is working on your life. So Isaac, he gathered more and more wealth until he became a very rich man. We went then to Genesis 30, verse 43, uh, talking about, about his son, Jacob. Genesis 30, 43, in the easy to read version, it says, in this way, Jacob became what? Very rich. You can read the rest on your own. So Jacob became very rich. Now, what this implies to me is that all of these men that we, that we read about, they were not very rich or were not rich when they started. So I'm telling you that because I, I want to make sure everybody knows you're included in this message. It doesn't matter if you're on welfare, ALDC, HUD, you got all the food stamps you can get. It doesn't matter if you ha don't have a dime in your pocket right now. It doesn't matter where you start. If you let Jesus help you, he can make you rich and make you very rich. 
I wish I had a few more witnesses in here. All right, let me, let me talk to the rest of y'all because only two of y'all say amen. Okay, I don't care if you got plenty of money in your pocket because the rest of y'all act like you got plenty of money, but you ain't fooling me. <laughs> Doesn't matter where you are, notice that God made Isaac rich and then he made him very rich. So God is a God that takes you from level to level, from glory to glory. Uh, 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 Psalm 84 talks about from strength to strength. Strength, I think it's 84.12. He takes us from strength to strength. That word strength, you read it in the Hebrew, it's the Hebrew word kayil, which means wealth. God wants to take you from wealth, one wealth level to another wealth level. Hallelujah. I'm not sure if y'all are tired on me already. Did y'all praise too much? All right, I need you to get this here. I need you to grab a hold of this. I need you to, to get excited and rejoice because the word, the word you get excited about is the word that will, that will become evidence in your life. The word you rejoice about is the word that will, you'll realize in your life. Hallelujah. You got you to at least receive the word with gladness. Hallelujah. So notice we talked about these men. They all had the blessing of Abraham or what we call the blessing of the Lord working in their lives. Now, remember I read last week Genesis 12, verse 3, when God first spoke the blessing to Abraham, he told Abraham, I'm not only going to bless you, but in verse 3 he says, he says, in you all families of the earth will be blessed. So notice the men we read about, and I'll list a couple more men here in a moment, uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they were all of one lineage. We, we'll, we'll see about uh, Boaz and Joseph and David and, and Solomon and so forth. They were all one lineage, but the promise to Abraham was that in you all families of the earth will be blessed. So even if you're not born in the Jewish lineage, the fact that you are a human being, if you are now, Galatians 3.29, it says if you belong to Christ or if you are Christ, then now you are Abraham's seed and an heir according to the promise. How many of you in here belong to Christ? Now, I mean, I'm talking about you being born again. If you're not born again, you can't put your hand up. We can take care of that here in a few minutes. But if you belong to Christ, then you are now Abraham's seed, and you are an heir according to the same promise. So the same thing that worked for Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, it'll work for you. Y'all got it? Galatians 3, verse 13 and 14. I want you to put your eyeballs on that. Galatians 3, verse 13 and 14. Hallelujah. Open up your Bible. Hallelujah. It's important you know this in your Bible. You might want to mark it, uh, fold the page in your Bible, because you probably got to go back to this every once in a while. Amen. Hallelujah. You don't have a presentation manager or a pro presenter at, at home. The media team's not going to help you. They're not going to find scriptures for you at home. You got to know this in your Bible. And when the devil's telling you that that bill is, is going to swamp you, that that debt is going to overtake you, you got to be able to go to a place in the scripture and not, not be trying to look up in the concordance. Okay, what word? What is that word? No. You got to know in your Bible, in your Bible, where to find this. Hallelujah. You got to give yourself to this discipleship that Sister Barbara, Minister Barbara, was talking about on Wednesday night. Hallelujah. So notice what it says in Galatians 3, verse 13 and verse 14. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become what? A curse for us. For us. He went to the cross for us. For it is written, curses everyone who hangs on a tree. What? Look at verse 14. That or so that, like I said, you may want to write in your Bible or make a mental note, so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, you are Abraham's seed. So you and I are Gentiles. We are not of the Jewish uh, lineage. We are Gentiles. However, once we belong to Christ, we have been brought into that same lineage. We've been brought into the same promise. We are now heirs of the same promise. Glory to God. The blessing of Abraham. Everybody say the blessing of Abraham. What made Abraham rich? The blessing on him. What made Isaac rich? The blessing on him. What made Jacob rich? The blessing of Abraham. The blessing of Abraham. These men started with nothing. I, I got to keep saying that. It doesn't matter what you start with. I don't care if you're working on a job making, what's minimum wage now? Eight dollars and something? I don't know what it. Nobody knows. Well, look at y'all. I don't know. None of the kids even know? It ain't no $15 an hour yet. No, not, no, no. 
That's not. They, they're, they're working on that. We haven't, we haven't hit 15 in two years. Yeah, they, but that's not minimum wage. I don't care what they make. I'm talking about what the state. Hold on. Let, let me talk. Let me talk. What the state minimum wage is is not $15 an hour. Today, it's, it's going to be there. They've set that to go there, but it's not there yet. So I'm talking about I don't care. I don't care if you don't make minimum wage at all. I don't care. I don't care if you don't have a job. I'm talking about these men in this word didn't have anything. Jacob testified when he, when he crossed back, when he left Laban's house to go meet Esau, he said, God, I want to thank you because I crossed this Jordan with nothing but a stick, nothing but my staff, but I'm now coming back with two companies. He had, he had nothing. He had nothing. He had nothing. I don't care what you have. If you don't have anything, if you'll let the blessing work on your life, if you'll let Jesus help you, he will make you rich. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, whatever the blessing did for Abraham, whatever the blessing did for Isaac, whatever the blessing did for Jacob, whatever it did for Joseph, whatever it did for Boaz, whatever it did for David, whatever it did for Solomon, whatever it did for Jesus, Because Jesus didn't walk around as poor. He became poor. He wasn't walking around this planet as a poor man. Look how quiet y'all are. Uh, uh, he wasn't walking around as a poor man. Uh, his, his, his suit was so bad. Gershom, you know custom suits. Jesus, his suit was so bad it had no seams in it. That the, 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 the guards... They gambled over his clothes. They said, no, we can't, we can't rip that. We can't split that. We're going to gamble to see who gets his clothes. He, he, his ministry had a treasurer. Most broke folk don't even have a bank account. They're going to Amscot or the liquor store to cash their checks. He had a treasurer. So he wasn't broke walking around his life. But on the cross, he became poor so that through that same cross, you and I could become rich. Ah, oh, Jesus. Now, again, I just told you this. This is very important. because I'm about, I'm about to lay something on you that I think is very important. Whatever the blessing did for the, all those men, it'll do for you and me. Now, what I want you to know is this. God will arrange situations that allow the blessing to make you rich. And you might want to write that down. God will arrange situations that will or to allow the blessing to make me rich. Now, I say that because every one of these men we've talked about God arranged situations. They, he made them rich through situations. In other words, they, it wasn't because they worked so hard. I'm going to come on this side because I can't get in. It was because they were so smart. But God arranged situations that suddenly... Or in an accelerated way, change their financial lives. You better grab a hold of this. Abraham wasn't very rich. I mean, he was very rich coming out of, but remember, he, he passed through Egypt. Y'all missed it. When the famine happened, he went down to Egypt. And God arranged it that the man took his wife. But what, Pharaoh? Yeah. But wouldn't let her, let him touch her. <laughs> and when Pharaoh let them go, he loaded them up. Isaac had a famine, and God told him, "Don't go down. Don't go over there to Egypt. 
going to stay right here in Gerar. I'm going to bless you. And in the midst of that famine that God arranged for him to be there in that, God didn't set the famine up. God arranged him to be there in the famine. But in that famine, because he's holding that land, God blessed him and he became a multimillionaire. See, Jacob, 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 Jacob looking for a wife. Looking for, Jacob down there at Laban's house looking for a wife. That's all he's looking for a wife. Jacob, Jacob, he didn't go to Laban's house to work. He went to, Jacob's, to Laban's house looking for a wife. God might have you looking for a wife and all of a sudden make you rich while you're looking for a wife. See, it, it's God. Uh, I heard, heard somebody say this this morning. He's intentional. I said he's intentional. So God gives Jacob a plan in the midst of that situation that made him rich overnight. See, because the blessing, if you let him work for you, let God work with you, if you work with him, he's going to put you in a situation that's going to set you up for an increase. That's why it is important that you and I hear his voice. That's why we must hear. That's why you got to pray. That's why you have to fast. That's why you got to seek his face. That's why you got to get into his word. That's why you got to praise God and worship him. So you become positioned to hear his voice. Because in his voice, there's going to come an instruction that's going to put you in a situation that you may not like it, you may not understand it, but you're going to understand it better by and by. Because all of a sudden, God's going to bring you to a place that's going to promote you quickly. Oh, boy. Joseph became rich in a situation. Hallelujah. David went out to go fight, went out to go see his brothers. Y'all remember that? First Samuel 17. David went out because his father told him to just go see his brothers. Now, where, where did David get the idea from? His father. Where did his father get the idea from? God. The blessing's working. God's about to set David up. So God puts it into, into Jesse's heart. Tell David to go visit his brothers. David goes to visit his brothers, and it just so happens that this, this old big head, Goliath, is shouting and talking and selling wolf tickets against the children of Israel. Y'all know wolf tickets are. Y'all know that. Just, when you talk big and bad like Chris was doing me last week. Chris, oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I ain't going to mess with Chris, boy. But well, Chris came to the bowling alley selling wolf tickets on me, boy. Deep. Talking about what he about to do to the pastor. Um, Oscar, he was talking dirty, but I did him dirty. I said, oh, boy, boy. All right, that's it. That's it. I ain't going to say no more. So, so, so David, so Goliath is selling wolf tickets. Hallelujah. There's plenty of seats up here, y'all. David, uh, Goliath is selling wolf tickets. And so David overhears. He says, what will be done for the man who whips this giant? And the story goes that they told him whoever whips this giant, his father's house will be tax-free. He'll receive a wife from the king. The king's ought to be his wife, and he's going to make him a rich man. So for David, it wasn't about the giant. God used the giant to promote David. God used a giant to bless David. So don't get discouraged if a giant is in your path. Oh, y'all done said it. I'm telling you, don't get discouraged if you're walking along and all of a sudden, God, you have a, you have a situation where there's a big giant that looks like you can't defeat it. No, you ain't got to defeat it by yourself. You just got to show up. Because God's going to give you a wisdom. He's going to give you an instruction. And when you follow his wisdom and his instruction, he's going to turn your whole life around. You're going to beat the giant, but it's going to be something on the other side. I wish I had some witnesses here this morning. Tell your neighbor, God's setting you up. Tell your neighbor. No, find somebody else. Find somebody. Tell them God is setting you up. There's a blessing on the other side of through. 
there's a blessing on the other side of you. There's, there's God's got something for you on the other side of that thing you, you're going through. God is setting you up. And you, it may not feel comfortable. It may not look attractive, but God is setting you up because the blessing. You said you're going to let him help you, right? If you're going to let him help you, let him help you. And where he leads you, you better follow where he leads you. lead you in a situation that looks kind of precarious, kind of, oh, I don't like that. But he's got something in mind for you. He's got something in mind. He's trying to put you in a situation that's going to change your life. Are y'all getting this here? Hallelujah. Now, I mentioned Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and so forth, David and so forth. What about the children of Israel as a whole? They spent 400 plus years in Egyptian slavery. And God had already told their forefather Abraham that this was going to happen. Remember the 15th chapter of Genesis when Abraham saw his vision from God. And God reaffirmed that covenant with him in Genesis 15. And God said, for 400 years, your people, they're going to be slaves in a foreign land. He says, but I'm going to bring them out. I'm going to remember my covenant with you. I'm going to bring them out. And he says, and when they come out, they're not going to come out empty-handed. Y'all missing that. You're missing that. In other words, God says, I'm telling you what's going to happen, but it's a setup. It's a setup. They're going to come out, but not come out empty-handed. So what happens with the children of Israel, they finally are released to go from Egypt. Before they left, God gave them an instruction. He said, Moses, tell the children of Israel, and in fact, specifically tell the women folk. Because the men can be kind of, you know, nervous, and the men... The men kind of, you know, half-heartedly do stuff. The men, the men, the men are kind of half-praise. The men are kind of half-prayer meeting and, you know, half. So I, I, need, I need the women folk because the women, they're going to they gon go for it. I ain't talking about the men. I'm not talking about y'all men. I'm just telling you what God said. These, these, I need the women because the women, they know how to go for it. I can imagine the women went up to those Egyptian women and, Kind of shook their hand. Girl, God said, the Lord said, give me all your stuff. Miss Lady, I don't work for you. They probably are clapping. They, give me, you know, no, I know what you got. I work here. I cleaned your house. I know what you got back in that back room back there. Bring it all out. I don't want to do that too much because people start thinking, Pastor God, oh, I'm a man. I'm a man's man. You better believe it. But God, that's right. That's right. I'm a man's man. But God used those women and they, they went in and they, they essentially, essentially bankrupted Egypt. And the Bible says in Psalm 105 that God brought them out with silver and gold. God brought them out with silver and gold. He brought them out loaded. So the people of Israel, 400 years of slavery, and came out rich. Overnight. Why? Because the blessing was still working, and the blessing was setting them up. And I'm telling you that that's what God is doing in your lives today. Hallelujah. Can I get your biggest hallelujah? Now look at Proverbs 10, verse 22. Proverbs 10 and verse 22. Hallelujah. You know this very well, many of you, but I want you to put your eyeballs on it. Let's see what it says here. Hallelujah. It says, the blessing of the Lord. This is what was working on Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Boaz, Joseph, David, Solomon, Jesus, the children of Israel. The blessing of the Lord makes one what? Makes one what? Rich. Say it like an army. Rich. It makes one rich, and he, the Lord, adds no sorrow. That word sorrow means toil or struggle. 
So God doesn't mean for you and me to be toiling and struggling trying to become rich. If you're toiling and struggling trying to become rich, it's you doing it by yourself. And God never wants you and me trying to do anything by ourselves. God wants us to be like it says in open Hebrews that we may boldly say the Lord is our helper. I want to be able to boldly say the Lord is my helper. I want to be able to boldly testify that the Lord is my helper. Hallelujah. I was coming in from the back this morning, and one of the ushers who greeted me at the door said, Pastor, I, I finally heard your testimony about how you got that Jaguar. He said, I, I, find, I listened to that message. I found out how you got that Jaguar. I said, yeah, praise the Lord. That was a blessing of the Lord. But I, did, I, didn't, I wanted one. When my, my wife and I were getting married 23 years ago, May 27, 2000. We were getting married 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and uh, we were gonna, I, I, wanted, I wanted to drive away for our, our uh, honeymoon and so forth for the first couple of days. I wanted to drive around in this Jaguar S-Type. That was the newest one on the market, the Jaguar S-Type. I wanted one of those. It was so sweet. I love that little grill. Boy, it was so sweet. And I wanted one. I said, I'm going I'm to drive around on that. I couldn't afford to buy one, but I wanted to rent one just for the weekend. And we, you know, drive away from the wedding, you know, with the cans and everything back in the old days. And I wanted to drive. They don't do that kind of stuff anymore. Everything digital. Everybody's taking pictures. So I was driving. I want to drive. That's, that's my dream to do that. And uh, I got to the, to the dealer, to the uh, rental car center, and I had reserved one. I got there, and they said, we don't have any more. We've already, and I'm mad. And thank God for my best man. It was Pastor Brian Brown. And uh, he, he had to calm me down because I was hot. I was throwing it hot because I wanted, I wanted, boy, me and my wife, my bride, we're going to drive in this S-type. Mm. He said, John, John, just calm down. Let's take what they got, and, and it'll be okay. And I did it. And so we got, another, we got a Jaguar. It was another kind of Jaguar. I don't remember what kind it was. But it wasn't the one I wanted. Well, here we go. I think it's 2015. We're, we're at, in Frankfurt, and we're in the middle of praise and worship. We've been sitting there praising God, praising God, having a good time in worship. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All of a sudden, a guy walks up to me. One of the guys in the church turns around and says, uh, here's your Jaguar. Hands me the keys to the Jaguar S-Type. The, the exact one that I wanted. I didn't toil for it. I didn't struggle for it. I didn't work for it. I wouldn't even think, even, even at that time, believe in God for one. But God remembered what had happened to me 15 years earlier. And made sure if we delight ourselves in the Lord, he will give us the desires of our heart. So now I wasn't renting one, I owned one. Hallelujah. See, so God didn't want you and me trying to work and struggle and and trying to make it, no. He, he says, just let me help you. I'm going I'm to give you these things. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the blessing of the Lord makes one rich. He has no sorrow, no toil, no struggle with it. Now, I want to make sure we, we kill that religious devil. That word rich comes from the Hebrew word, Hebrew word ashar. Ashar, which means to be or become rich or wealthy. It means to enrich. It means to pretend to be rich. It means to make rich, to gain riches, to enrich oneself. I, uh, like I said, I don't know how, how smart you have to be in theology to, uh, to misunderstand this. That when you read this, all of a sudden you get this idea that God is somehow just talking about something ethereal, something that you just, just, just uh, imaginary, something just a, a good feeling. No, he's not talking about a feeling. He means when he says the blessing makes you rich, he means the blessing will make you rich, you'll gain riches. That you, I don't care what person you survey in this world, you ask them about, about riches, they're not going to talk about good night's sleep. They're going to talk about some money in your pocket. Now, you church folk may not understand that, but I'm telling the world, they understand what rich means. Now, I'm going to skip. I'm going to go to our definition. We left off 2 Corinthians 9, 8 last week. I want to get into something here. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. Let's go to the next one here, media. From the Amplified Classic, because I want to identify what rich means. We saw, I gave you Webster's talk about being opulent, wealthy, and so forth. But for the sake of time, I want to skip right to our definition. Because I want to help those who are struggling with this understanding of rich, and you think that um, you'll never get there, or that I'm talking about something um, that's, that's offensive. And the reason you feel like it's offensive is because you grew up on the phrase filthy rich. And you've equated riches 
with filth. You've equated somebody who is rich with them being a bad person. I'm telling you, I know it's right. I know it's right, Laquanda. People, people in church have a hard time because I don't want to be like that man. I don't want to be like that woman. They're filthy rich, and look how they sling all their money around, and look how they live, and they're not right, they're not right, and they're and so on and so forth. And we have, we, we've, we've connected wealth with something negative. But if that was the case, you got to indict God for making Abraham rich and Isaac rich and Jacob rich and David rich and Boaz rich and Joseph rich and Pastor rich. You have to indict God because the Bible says that God made Abram rich. So if rich was bad, God's in trouble. So rich obviously is not bad because God only does good. And if God made Abram rich, then rich must be good. Y'all ain't saying that. I said if God made Abram rich, then rich must be good. I'm going to say that again because some of y'all looking at me half-hearted. If God made Abram rich, then being rich must be good. If it's God, it's good. Second Corinthians 9.8. And God is able to make... Now, did we, we, we used this last week. Remember, to give you... I wanted to give, give you our definition of rich. Because I don't want you looking at a dollar amount. I don't want you looking at, well, once I get $15 million, I'm rich. Or once I get $180,000 in the bank, then I'm rich. I want to show you what rich looks like according to Scripture. And God is able to make all grace abound, grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in what? So we said rich, number one, is abundance. Number one is abundance. He said so that you may, number two, always and under all circumstances and whatever the need, be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support. So we, we define it, number two in the definition that you always have enough. So no matter what need you face, you have enough. Hallelujah. No matter what, it's, what situation I'm in, I have enough. I talked last week about how, you know, one tire goes out, blows out, and all of a sudden, you, you know, oh, you got to have money. Somebody came to me later on. You must talk about me, Pastor, because my tire just blew out this morning. See, you want to know that if your tire blows out, you have enough. No matter what situation is, no matter what the need may be. We're defining rich. And number three, notice the third part of his definition, and furnished in abundance for every good work and so the third component of you being rich is having enough to give and meet the needs of others. Y'all, I know I don't get many amens on that. If I talk about you getting a purse and, a, and some shoes and a car and a new belt, you get excited. But I talk about you giving to, to Next Step Pregnancy Center and blessing them, and they never got to wait for the city to do anything else ever again. Sister Carol, I can't tell you how upset I was. When we were talking about, praying about the city having enough wherewithal to give next up what they needed. And I thought, as many churches as we got around here, why in the world do we have to wait on the city of St. Petersburg? To, what was it? We talked about 50,000. Was it 20? How much was it? 25,000? What do you mean? You mean, you, you mean 25? Y'all got to get that again this year? What? Hey, write a check for 25000 and send it to next step. Oh, hey. You ain't got to worry about nothing in your city. 25000 this week, send it to them. You ain't got to go to the city no more. You ain't got to go to the city no more. We're going to take care of it. We're going to take care of it. You better give God praise for that. Feels good. That feels good. 
I don't know about you, but that feels good. As a pastor to be able to say, just write the check. We're going to take care of it. I receive it. We're going to take care of it. You ain't got to ask for the city for nothing. We got it. The church is supposed to be strong. The church should be rich. The church should be wealthy. The church should have plenty of money. We ain't got to ask the city or the government for nothing. Didn't we just do fencing? Yep. Didn't we just do sound? Yep. Didn't we just do irrigation? Yep. But we still got it. Just write the check. We can do and also. See, that, this is what rich looks like. Whatever the need, self-sufficient, possessing enough to ask the government for nothing, and furnish in abundance for every good work and charitable donations. say this, you, you, you just, y'all trust me, say it by faith, say right now, today, I am the poorest I will ever be. Keep gathering wealth and gathering wealth and gathering wealth until 
of a very rich person, and anytime God tells me pull a trigger, I'm going to pull a trigger. If he tell me bless this ministry, bless that ministry, bless that orphanage, bless that house, bless that family, bless that word, that widow, bless that... that I'm going to do what God tells me to do. I'm the poorest I'll ever be. And say this, say this, and I'll be very rich. Very soon. Say it again, I'll be very rich. Very soon. Now give God a shout about that right now. Upset the devil. Uh-huh. I don't know if you know. I was. I, I'm telling you, I was. I was hot. I was hot when I said we we praying about twenty five thousand dollars. All the churches in St. Pete. Y'all y'all ain't sold enough fish yet. Y'all ain't sold enough chicken sandwiches yet. Y'all ain't had enough yard sales and ramen sales and car washes and donut sales yet. Now, this is going to seem crazy and a little arrogant, but it's going to have to happen that one day some of these pastors will come. Listen to this old young whippersnapper pastor. And stop all your little chicken dinner sales. All your little pie sales, all your little car washes, all your little donuts, selling off candy, giving everybody everybody cavities, but all that junk. Trying to raise $3,000. We should never let a ministry like that in this city even have to look at the city council and wonder how they're going to vote. I don't care how them heathens vote, we got it. I said, we got it. First Timothy 6 and verse 17. Give it to me in the, in the Amplified Classic. Let's stay there. First Timothy 6 and verse, I want you to see you. I want you to see you. I want you to see you. Watch what Paul says. For the rich in this world, charge them, command them not to be proud and arrogant and contemptuous of others. Don't get the big head, big hearted because you're driving a big body Benz. Because you have the latest Gucci's and the latest name something 
Because that ain't what prosperity is all about. Prosperity is not about what you have. It's about who you can help. It's not about what you can have. It's about who you can help. Now, along the way to who you can help, God's going to make sure you have something. And the more you help, the more you're going to have. I'm going to come on this side around here. And the more you help, the more you're going to have. As for the rich in this world, charge them to not be proud and arrogant and contemptuous of others, nor to set their hopes on uncertain riches, but on God, who richly and ceaselessly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Add verse 18. Add verse 18. And verse 19. Charge them. This, this, this is my charge to you. All you rich folk. I charge you to do good. To be rich in good works. To be liberal and generous of heart. Ready to share drove that right out of me, just write the check. I'm not sure, but I, I remember how I felt when they, Pauline called me and said, we, we, our church is out of debt. I was out of town. She said, we paid off all the debt. I said, praise. I felt so good. I rejoiced. But that didn't feel like that just felt this set up for it. So this money don't mean anything. But what you're going to do when you give is you're going to lay up yourself riches that endure forever. Now, a riches that endure forever don't mean you wait to heaven to get it. It means you have an account in heaven that anytime you need it, you put in your card. I, I put in my card, Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus, that you supply all my need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And you give God a praise. You put you, Your praise is your pin code. Your praise is your password. 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 somebody gonna come across your path some single mama who can't pay her rent or she got kicked out of her house and so we, we need to write a check I told you last week Deion Sanders only has eight toes because he got two cut off but he's still walking so you don't need all ten to walk but God in his infinite wisdom gave you ten 
So stop telling God what you don't need. Let God bless you. Let God bless you. I said let God bless you. Because you're going to one day say, how much you need, 25000 I'm going to write the check. So that they may grasp that which is life indeed. Uh, well, there's going to be a part three. I want to give you one statement. I know I am rich when my resources outweigh my responsibilities. I need you to get that in your mind. Write it down, take a picture of it. What you got to do, do something. Please do something. Please hear your prophet. Do something. Do something. Don't just stand there and look at it. Look at me. Do something. Write it down. Take a picture. Do something. 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 Under this unction, do something. I know I am rich. See, this is what I'm trying to get you to understand. I don't want you calculating some dollar amount like I know I, I made it when I got $50,000 in the bank. I know I'm rich when I got, you know, when I'm a multimillionaire. No. Some of you that's why I told you last week, I'm already rich. How much money you got? None of your doggone business how much money you have. But I have enough, I have more than my responsibilities. So I'm already rich. My wife and I are already out of debt. We don't owe anybody on this planet a dime. And if I charge my credit card, it's paid before the statement comes. Oh, yes, it is. Oh, yes, it is. I don't, I don't even wait on the statement. I only use the credit card for convenience. I got the money in the bank. I don't use the credit card unless I have the money. Yeah, you better get, I'll get that. I, I'll deal with that next week. I don't use the credit card unless I have the money. So we're already rich. Because our resources already outweigh our responsibilities. This church is rich. That's why I say just write the $25 check. You can give it to them. Give it to them. Take it. You got it right now. You got to wait for Because this church, we're already rich. We're already rich. Our resources outweigh our responsibilities. Responsibilities. Gigi, you are rich, girl. You know that. You know how rich you are. How long you been out of debt? Three years out of debt. You're already rich. Pauline, you and Robert, you know y'all already rich. No, this, here's just a natural statistic. Just a natural statistic. Worldwide, on a global basis, if you are out of debt and have ten dollars, ten dollars, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, out of debt and have ten dollars, you are in the top one percent of all people in the world. Now, not as ain't Pete. Now, that don't. Talk about if we add up, put everybody together in the world. Just people on this planet that they don't have anything. They are in abject poverty. If you are debt free, you don't owe anybody on the planet anything, and you have $10, you're in the top 1% of all earners in the world. I'm in the top 1%. I know, Jasmine, girl, you rich. Debt free, 
more than $10, she and her husband. You know you are rich when your, your resources outweigh your responsibilities. That's what 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8 tells us. Furnish in abundance. We are in abundance. Possessing enough to require no aid or support from anybody. And furnish in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. That's when you know you're rich. When you have enough to give. That's the heartbeat of God that you and I become the most fluent givers. We can be fluent in English, fluent in Spanish, fluent in Ebonics, but we need to become fluent in giving. I know some of y'all fluent in Ebonics. Some of y'all fluent. Some of y'all fluent in Geechee. Y'all know what Geechee is? But I'm talking about fluent in giving. And everywhere we go, opportunities and seizing opportunities to be generous givers. You're part of that kind of church. <laughs> I, don't, I still don't know if some of y'all got that. Stand to your feet. I'm done. Whatever the blessing did for Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Boaz, David, Solomon, Jesus, Pastor, exceeding grace, it'll do for you. Tenth chapter of Acts. Peter talking to, to Cornelius says, I perceive that God is no respect of persons. God is no respect of persons. He doesn't, he doesn't have any regard for your ethnicity, your gender, your neighborhood you grew up in, your education level. It doesn't matter to God whether you graduated with a PhD or you barely made it past third grade. If you let Jesus going to give you the number one secret to this. Well, I don't want to say number one. One of the top secrets of this. Because I believe the number one secret of this is honor. Honor is the master key to prosperity. You honor God. You honor the word of God. You honor the house of God. Honor the man and woman of God. You honor all these things. Anything that God related, you got to honor that. But I believe this one of the top keys outside of that is the desire to be a blessing. I've used this illustration many times before. If you got to see yourself like a water hose, like a water hose, that if a gardener wants to get water from here to over there, he connects a water hose to a spigot. And through that water hose gets water from there over to the other side. In the meantime, the water hose, before the water makes it out over there, the water hose fills up. And as long as you don't put a kink in it, it'll keep flowing. So you have to see yourself as God's water hose. I know this is very basic. May, may feel demeaning to somebody, but I'm just telling you, this is the simplest way my third grade mind can, can see it. If you see yourself as a water hose, that God, I'm going to let you, I want you to use me, fill me up so I can pour out. And wherever you want the blessings to flow, wherever you want your goodness to flow, wherever you want your provision to flow, just, just you can direct me. You can direct me. And I'm just going to let you keep filling me up and I'm not going to kink it up 
with my selfishness, stinginess, arrogance, and pride. No, God, however you want to use me, let it flow through my life. That will bless you for the rest of your life. And I'm going to pray this prayer very quickly. Father, thank you for those who received the word of God today. I pray that God, each person really understands the power of prosperity and the purpose of prosperity. That it's not for us to heap things on our own lives. We know you'll bless us. You know you'll give us houses full of all good things that we did not provide. Cities we didn't build. Well yards, wells that we didn't dig. Vineyards we didn't plant. You'll give us all these kind of wonderful things to enjoy. You said in your word, you richly give us all things to enjoy. So we will enjoy life, the abundant life you've given us. But I pray, Father, that each person really gets it into their heart and their minds that, God, your full intent is not only for us to enjoy life, but for us to be used to help change the lives of those around us, near and far. And I pray, Father, that every person today because they are connected either by membership or by visitation or somehow everybody here is connected to this ministry today. Everybody here. I thank you that God, the same blessing that's working on this ministry, the same blessing that's working on me and my wife, that same blessing works on every family, every household, every individual, every business, every career, every student, everything in this room, everybody pertains to this ministry. That blessing is changing our lives dramatically. I speak prosperity. I declare and decree that financial miracles are happening in our lives every day and that, God, you're raising us up to a superior financial position and that you can use us to bless the world. We thank you for it. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Now listen.